Hi, Insiders. It's Lisa here, back for a new episode of Disney Movie Insiders Presents All About Strange World. This latest movie out of Walt Disney Animation Studios is a journey deep into a vast, hidden, subterranean world where bizarre creatures and looming danger await. Prepare yourselves, because things are about to get strange. In this movie, you have signed up for an adventure filled with cool creatures and comedy with the Clade family. You'll adore them each step of the way as they explore a new world and also learn more about understanding one another. Our first guests are no stranger to the podcast, and you may remember them from our episodes about The Emperor's New Groove and Riot and the Last Dragon. Director Don Hall and co-director and writer Kui Gwen are back. Welcome, you two. Hello. How's it going? We're good. Thank you both so much for joining us. And as I said, welcome back. It really does feel like you're a part of our podcast family because we started this back January 2021, which is hard to believe. And then obviously, Don, you were our first episode and Kui in our third what have you been up to since then? Have you been busy? I don't know. Has anything been going on? Just this little thing called Strange World. <laughs> so talk to us about Strange World, which is why we're here today. What has led you to this movie? Well, we have to go back to 2018, something like that. I was just thinking about what was on my mind at that point. And I was thinking about the environment and my kids. Just thinking about what kind of world are they going to inherit and what kind of world did I inherit from my father? And that led to this idea of wanting to tell a story about how we as humans live in our world, with our world, and do it through the lens of a grandfather, a father, and son. So a three-generational story that speaks to legacy. I love that so much. What about you, Clee? Well, I came in, like, I think Don had been working on it for a year, year and a half or something, and he came in and he pitched me this idea of an Indiana Jones meets National Lampoon's vacation type of flick. And immediately, you know, when you're dreaming up stories, you're always trying to find out what your entertainment engine is. And from that right away, you're like, oh, there's a great adventure, great comedy, great humanity. Almost rid itself so much so that I basically just like, you know, took a knee and just let the movie tell itself. I love how you just basically put Harrison Ford and Chevy Chase like in the same, like that was your storyline right there. <laughs> I understand now why you were sold, but <laughs> circling back to what you said, John, so it's multi-generational. You yeah. mentioned obviously the importance of like you growing up. I heard that your dad, you were a farmer with him. Is this true? Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, I grew up <laughs> in Iowa. A little bit first. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Iowa and for anybody that's ever been there or wants to go there, it is very much farm. Like there's very few forests left or prairie. It's just, it's a lot of farms, corn and soybeans. And my dad is a farmer and has been his whole life. And that's his passion. I was sort of following in his footsteps to a point. And then I decided it wasn't for me. And in a much less dramatic way, kind of charted my own path into animation compared to what happens in the movie. There's a little bit more heightened drama in the movie, but my story was similar in that at a certain point, I had a path that I wanted to follow that wasn't exactly following in my dad's footsteps. I just really I like to add that it's for a big Disney animated feature. Uh, it's a pretty personal film for Don. You know, I think of like Raya versus this, like that was a very personal one for me. But for this one, like there's literally dialogue lifted from Don's life that we mm. got to put into the film. It's one of those like blessings as a creator to have a vision that's so clear and so emotional to be the foundation for such a fun adventure, to be able to actually have something that honors like Don's experience with his dad and his own kid, as well as my own dad and my own kid. To be able to do that for Don and with Don, has been a true gift. That really does sound like such a true gift. You're creating these entirely new worlds and for something like this to be so personal, as you were just saying, Kui, that some of the dialogue that we hear can even be drawn from your own personal story, Don. That's pretty amazing. As you were telling your story, 
territory. I'm like, I'm hearing Jaeger and Sersher as you're <laughs> saying this. So that's got to be really powerful for you that that's out in the world now for people to experience. Obviously, it's a very personal story, but there's so much action. That's what's so, so, so compelling about this. It's an action-packed comedy adventure, but it's in the spirit of folk novels. So where did you get your inspiration for that? Obviously, we're talking about farming growing up, Don, but then you bring this element in. Talk to us about that. Again, I always draw upon the same inspirations I had as a kid. It was Disney movies, obviously, but also adventure stories and specifically certain type of adventure story where a group of explorers finds a hidden world. There's many movies that have been made with that premise, King Kong being probably the most famous one, but also in a lot of early adventure novels, Journey to the Center of the Earth or the original Lost World by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So it's got kind of this history. I just love Love those kind of stories, just love them. And it felt like a really great genre to explore in our medium of animation, but also with which to tell this kind of bigger story about generations and how we live in our natural world. Again, we just got to really explore our inner Spielberg <laughs> to be able to yeah. kind of make our version of Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh my God, me too. Literally, circling back to what Quee said earlier, where it's Indiana Jones meets National Lampoons, that's what you're describing. I immediately think of Indiana Jones. And for me, that was the movie when I was a kid that stuck with me forever, right? And that's what's so cool about Strange World is like, this is a film in theaters that for new generations are going to remember and be able to harken back and say, it was Strange World that like inspired me to see these amazing new cool worlds. If you could pinpoint maybe like, not your absolute favorite, because I don't want to put that much pressure. But what was that movie when you were a kid that now, again, new generations will look at Strange World and be like, that was the movie that took me to a place I had never seen before. Well, we've already discussed Raiders, so we'll probably just put that one to the side. You know, for me, I I would have to say Jaws, because there's elements of Strange World that are very much a monster movie, too. There's a lot of creatures. Jaws is one of, you know, I saw it when I was five which maybe is a little young. I don't know, but I loved it. I loved the adventure part of it, but also the chills and the thrills of it all. Mine was definitely Ghostbusters. It was nice. a mixture of like real true blue action. It was spooky, but also a legitimate comedy at the same time. And I think when you think of a great Disney animated feature, it has to be full of action, but also full of adventure and humor and, and heart. Strange World definitely delivers. Like, I think that watching, we've watched this film obviously a million times. We still <laughs> laugh at it. It's still a joy. The moments that make you all teary, we still get teary. Mm. And so that, that always makes me super excited. I love that. So we're talking about movies that obviously shaped and formed you. We've talked about some of the other movies like you mentioned king kong just overall kind of the inspiration there and then obviously the personal story here what kind of research though do you do aside from that when you're creating a film like strange world because your studio is known for the amazing research that goes into your films where do you begin when you're creating a film like this a lot of ologists we had climate mm. climatologists, paleontologists, geologists. Unologists? Is that a word? That's oh, a word. yeah, yeah. Unologists. So we had a lot of ologists early on. Ologists <laughs> and like cool people-ologists. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was- okay, so you've done all the research. The world of Avalonia is built. Is there a part of the world that you're really proud of? I'm just going to go with the dog here. Like, there oh, you like, go. Legend, <laughs> like, there's a version of this film where you can watch just legend through the whole movie. <laughs> and you, you like characters that don't arc at all. He's a happy dog from the beginning all the way to the end. I know it's not some crazy world, but to look at the world through the lens of this happy guy that just loves everything, who finds every creature someone to play with, it's kind of a joy to watch it through those eyes too. Despite 
running for their lives against some terrifying creatures. Legend's just a silly, happy boy. Tongue always out, tail wagging. I actually uh, really like that. Like going to rewatch a film through the eyes of one character. That's actually really, really brilliant. I heard that there's a story behind how he got his name. We have the privilege of working with a gentleman named Bernie Mattinson. He started on Sleeping Beauty, actually. He directed a Mickey's A Christmas Carol. I worked with him on, well, Winnie the Pooh and Big Hero 6. He was on the story crew with us. And for this one, we brought him in as well. I mean, he didn't storyboard necessarily, but he was there as sort of our guru, make sure we're on the right track. And very early on, we were in a story meeting and he said, you know, I think you need a dog in the movie. Like, I don't know, Bernie. You know, we have this character, Splat, who kind of becomes almost a dog to Ethan, a trusted companion. So I'm not so sure about this idea of a dog, but the rest of the story crew heard it, started ganging up on me, say, no, we want a dog. He's like my kids. So I reluctantly gave in said, okay, let's explore the idea of a dog. And then the dog became my favorite character. And so we named the dog Legend after Bernie, who is a bona fide Disney legend. I love that. Bernie's pretty happy all the time, too. I've known him for 20 some years now. I don't think I've ever seen him at a bad day. So even personality, I think uh, Legends took a little page out of Bernie's book. I love that. All right. So already inspired to go rewatch it. We know the story behind Legend's name <laughs> and watch it through Legend's point of view. You mentioned Splat. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this family, but now we're getting into these other characters. So Splat is a mischievous but beloved blob. What is Splat's origin story, though? Don wanted us to make a creature that was really easy to animate. <laughs> Basically, you know, that was super expressive with their eyes and their mouth. It was yeah. you know, very linguistic. No, Don really loves pushing animators to the full extent of their superpowers. And some of our most mm. beloved characters from like the brooms in Fantasia to the carpet in oh. Aladdin, there's creatures without faces. And so when we came into Strange World, Don gave one rule. These creatures can't have faces. We want to really mm. make them express themselves through their body, through pantomime, because those are some of the most magical creatures in any Disney film. And so in Splat, it was just allowing us to create a character that didn't have a face or words to express itself. And of course, it became this thing that we all loved, but it was hard. It was very hard. <laughs> We're like, oh, if Splat stays still, you don't know which side is his face. So maybe he moves a different direction. Otherwise, we don't know which one's front and back. So it's just small little things that we realize that we as a crew, the animators yeah. had to figure out rules to really make that very clear. But man, the result is absolutely magical. Like how many limbs? I'm not even sure. What is it? Like <laughs> seven, eight different limbs. And the animators came up with like different ways of locomotion for Splat. Like sometimes he walks on two legs, sometimes tumbleweed, multiple ways that Splat kind of gets around Strange World and it really is so much fun. Splat and Legend could be a movie in and of themselves. Splat is a breakout star. We can immediately tell that. One difference that I noticed though between Splat and referencing the magic carpet, I went back and I rewatched Aladdin and I was like, carpet, it's all in the gestures, but you know very clearly where the carpet's facing. Talk to us about that decision though, to give Splat at least some noises or a voice. Like, I don't know what you say. So that way you have more understanding of what this character is trying to communicate. Yeah, we have this wonderful sound designer, uh, Shannon Mills, whom I've worked with on many different films and not just Splat, but like a lot of the creatures in Strange World, you know, wanted them to have a signature sound, even if they don't have a mouth. Mm. And to me, it was an opportunity, not unlike Star Wars, where you're creating yeah. this galaxy of strange creatures and, you know, R2-D2 has his own sound. Chewbacca has his own sound. So it, to me, it was sort of right in line with that type of endeavor. And Shannon came up with some just 
just great sounds. I don't know if he used his own voice in some of it or how. I didn't ask <laughs> how he did it. Just so glad that he did do it. So funny though, Don, I literally think of BB-8. There's one moment and he gives a thumbs up. And I immediately, when I saw Splat, I was like, Splat does like a thumbs up too. Yeah. yeah the animators came up with that. And then we ended up using it a few places in the movie. It's pretty funny. Well, a very beloved character. We're talking about legend. We're talking about Splat, but of course we cannot forget about this amazing family. And you know what? One thing that I love so much is that you just see the family of Searcher, Meridian, and Ethan just having a good time, a joyful family moment like that. It stuck with me that it's like, you're in this amazing, fantastical like world, there's adventures, but there's even moments that are that really connect to the heart like that. It's interesting because we went through a lot of notes and I think we were pitching it as Indiana Jones eats uh, National Lampoons. The immediate reaction was like, well, there should be a lot of conflict between you know husband and wife and kid. And we're like, actually, we're going to have that between grandpa and searcher and ultimately mm. with too. So we don't really need to spotlight that with the, the actual family unit there. Mm-hmm. It was a chance to like kind of celebrate a family unit that I think is reflective of Don's family, my family. You know, I think we're all very jokey families and it was something that we all bonded over. And to be able to reflect that into this film was really great. And Don's a huge dancer. And so he like <laughs> danced around and we're like, okay, we got to put that on screen. You love getting us all into a groove. So let's do this. <laughs> so. <laughs> But it really is a very moving dynamic that you've created there within the family. And it's something that I'm sure people will connect with it. So I think that that's really cool. And for us, because it's such a big adventure film, it just kind of grounds them. We, we knew we needed to ground the movie a little bit. And if we could ground yeah. it in sort of a relatable family dynamic and then launch into the crazy stuff. So what is also out of this world is your voice cast. Come on now, Jake Gyllenhaal, Gabrielle Union, Lucy Liu, Dennis Quaid, you've got Shibuki Young White. We have a wonderful casting director, Jamie Roberts, and writing the script fairly early on, we share that with Jamie and then get her thoughts. And luckily they all said yes. Of course, when we started working with everybody, it was just a joy. Everybody was so much fun. So willing to get in there and play around. We love improvisation. I mean, Gabrielle Union is such a wonderful improver. All of them, to an actor, they were all wonderful. Bringing some wonderful ideas into the film. The Clay family, and then obviously Callista's in there as well. But I want to ask about your own families. Have your kids seen the movie? No, my kids haven't. I know they've seen the trailers and stuff like that, but no, they haven't seen the movie. Yet. My kids rebelled against me because I shared with them the process of Raya. Well, I know how it ends now. You ruined it, Dad. I was like, I thought it'd be a nice thing to share with you the process of the thing that I do every day. And so with this one, I was like, I'm not sharing with you at all. You complained last time that I spoiled the ending, so you don't get to know this time. So they will find out when everyone else does. Okay, so we talked about a lot today. It was absolutely amazing just to hear all the different facets of this film that the two of you created. If you could sum it up, though, what do you hope people take away from this movie? Well, first and foremost, just enjoy the ride of it. It's funny. The action stuff is very thrilling and cool. And then, you know, if it sparks some conversations on the ride home about legacy and what do we inherit from our parents and what do we pass on to our kids, that's a nice thing, too. When I first got into the studio, I remember Don saying, we're in the business of making people's favorite thing. Think about, like, the movies that we've made in even just the last decade, you know, from Encantos and Raya's and Frozen and Zootopias. This is going to be some kid's favorite thing that they're going to look back on. And we want the message to be something that they can talk to their parents about as a bigger idea there. But at the end of the day, we also want them to be able to pretend to be these characters and let their imaginations live in this world that we created for them to have their creativity kind of blossom explore. I love it. And even more, it's on the big screen. It's in theaters. 
So obviously that cinema experience is unlike anything you can get anywhere else. It's a big, big movie with huge action scenes and it needs to be seen on the big screen. And the 3D version is actually pretty spectacular too. If you're into 3D, this would be a good one to check out. I will add that I'm not into 3D at all. And when we saw it in 3D, I was like, I changed my mind. This was amazing. <laughs> it blew my mind, the scale that you got to see because the movie oh. so large. And so it actually made me a 3D fan because of it. I love that so much. Look at that. Thank you both so much for everything today, for joining us again. You were at the beginning of this journey with us on the podcast, and then here you are again with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Next, we're talking to two members of the Clade family, Dennis Quaid and Jabuki Young-White. Welcome, both of you. Hi. Hey. Hi. So tell us about your characters and what drew you to them. It was uh, reading the script, the story really hit me and touched me. You know, they're myths, they're modern day myths that you don't have words for in some way, but they're magical. And that's why I wanted to do it along with being, you know, always wanted to be a Disney animated character. Yeah, it was definitely that for me. I, I love animation so much and Ethan's character was just so well-rounded and really well thought out. I just was really excited about it. It really shines through all of that. I was going to say, especially you, Dennis, we're excited that you're animated, like you said now. It's so cool. So, okay, you know you want to do it. What's the audition process like? Audition? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, I got sent the sides. They were interested to see if like I could do like a teenage voice and I had recently done the role of Truman on Fairfax who was a teenage character so pass that along and then I did the audition but what was really interesting about this one is that they wanted the read but they also wanted video of the read which usually doesn't Mm. happen for voiceover auditions. It's normally just you send like the voice note. So I really gussied up for this one. I was like, we gotta get the lights out. We gotta get the nice mic out. I had a little conductor stand that I put the sides on. I was like, I really gotta bring my A game to this uh, self tape. So it was uh, it was definitely a special one. Your days of auditioning are done. <laughs> I was gonna say, so you get the part, however you got it. We, we determined that. I love this, though, what you're talking about, Jabuki, how you're getting into character, you're channeling that younger voice, like you said. I want to ask kind of the same to Dennis. There's like, you have a flamethrower in this? Like, there's action? Like, how do you get into character? How do I get into character? (laughs) You just go. (laughs) You just go. I mean, there's a, so the Don and Queek, they directed, they created this thing, and they were really great about getting us in the spirit and leading us through this. You know, they tried to explain what we were seeing and everything, but it's beyond anybody's imagination. What came out, it's astounding. Indeed. Do you remember what you thought when you first saw some of the footage, like the actual completed? I was blown away. I mean, I even saw it on a big TV, but you know, I can't wait to see it on the screen. I remember even when they would show us preliminary drafts of stuff, I would just be standing there with my mouth open for like a minute and like have to pick Mm -hmm. my jaw back up. It was so, it was so impressive. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm blown away by this movie. I'm also so in love with the dynamics of the cast. You all seem like you really formed a family through this process. Did you find yourself embodying 
kind of your characters and where they sit in the family amongst the cast? We were never, this is the first time we've been in the same room together. <laughs> the truth. I was going to say, I thought D23. No. Yeah, yeah, we never, we weren't speaking to each other during yeah. the scenes mm-hmm. either, or even to the other person's voice. We would do it with Don and Quig, you know, who directed this, and then they molded it and reshaped it. Sometimes we come back and do a scene because it had evolved to something else, but in the end, it just seamless. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we created something special, I think. You truly, truly did. And you mentioned it earlier, Dennis. You're now an animated character, a part of the Walt Disney Animation Studios legacy. I mean, what does that mean now for both of you? Dennis, obviously, with your history amongst, I'm a huge fan of your Disney movies, amongst all of your other movies. But what does that mean to you to now be a part of this legacy? Well, it's being an animated character, it's kind of in a league of its own. Because, you know, my childhood growing up, some of my first memories were going to Disney movies. Can you give me one that was my Dumbo. To follow? Dumbo. Nice. That's awesome. Okay, and Chibuki? Yeah, I think um, it's super exciting. It's also, even before the legacy hits, I have a three-year-old niece who I'm, like, so excited to watch this with. I think even just that, knowing that it's going to be able to touch people in my life right now, I think that that's beautiful. In your life now and then for years and years and generations to come. So thank you both so much for this movie and for the And time now today. joining us thank for the you. Insider 5 is someone from the Disney Movie Insiders team. Welcome, Frank. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you with us. So let's kick things off. Tell us what you do. I am a operations producer for Disney Movie Insiders. I work with a lot of the web content and part creative. <laughs> that sounds like a fun gig. Okay, it is. It's well, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so this episode is all about Strange World and family adventure. Do you have any memorable family trips that stand out to you? Oh, yes. There's this one trip I took with my parents in Korea for two years. My dad was in the military, so he was stationed there. So my parents took me out there after graduation and spent a lot of time in Korea. So Siwon, Pusan, Seoul, went everywhere. <laughs> okay. Wow. I mean, way to stand out there. I mean, I just went to Disneyland after I graduated high school, but you're like, <laughs> I went on a two-year adventure. Yeah. <laughs> that is really, really cool. Sounds like you are just neat in every possible way. All right, Frank. Will you take on the Insider Five with us? Yes. Great. All right, here we go with our first question. What is your earliest memory of being a Disney movie fan? Ooh, that was back in the day when my um, parents had brought home a in-home projector (laughs) with two reels. So there was a Mickey, Donald, Goofy, and there was this one, it was a Mickey Mouse short, and they were on projector reels. It was pretty exciting. So we would have movie nights every Friday. Oh my gosh, you'd have your own (laughs) Disney family movie night at home. That's so fun. It's like Wonderful World of Disney, but made by your family. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next question. If you could only ride one ride all day to Disney Park, which would it be? That was a tough one because I just recently went to Walt Disney World and went on one of the big, big rides. But the ones that I, I could choose, the one I could choose for an all day adventure would be probably Tomorrowland's Transit Authority People Mover. Just because Ooh. you get to go around the park, you get to see it and seeing it at nighttime was great. Is you see all the lights and everything. This is a really wise choice too, because you know, it's a people mover. I love the history, it's classic, but you know, if you're riding this all day, yeah. That's a, that's a good choice. <laughs> Next question. It's Disney karaoke night. What song do you sing? Oh, Arabian Nights. Because when I went to go see Aladdin in the theaters for the first time with my friends, as soon as that song kicked off, I was hooked. <laughs> so it was memorable. So good. And yeah, and you could sing along with it. And it's, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> you might inspire me to get in there with you. That's such a great song. So fun. 
Okay, next question. You're invited to a Disney-themed costume party. Who or what do you dress as? Stitch, if I can find a costume. Yeah, but Stitch, definitely, 100%. <laughs> He's my favorite character, and yeah, everything Stitch. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. It's a great choice. Our final question on the Insider 5 is, which Disney character has the best life advice, and what is it? Lilo and Stitch, when they said Ohana, because you never leave family behind. And I have such a huge family. They're everywhere, and they're always willing to help. And we're a huge family, and we care about each other, and we love each other. Mm, that's pure magic right there. And it just makes so much sense with everything that you've shared with us today about the magical memories you've had on your adventures around the world, your Disney fan moments, those family movie nights. Those are so fun. And obviously, I mean, what better way to close us out with than something from Lilo and Stitch talking about Ohana. Thank you so much for joining us today, Frank. You're a part of the Disney family. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. Thanks. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> that's our show. Strange World is now playing in theaters. So you don't miss any upcoming podcast episodes, subscribe and follow Disney Movie Insiders Presents. And while you're there, we'd love it if you gave us a rating and review. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com or our app and enter bonus code AVALONIA. The code expires December 13th, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Membership is required. Limit one redemption per account. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com for terms and conditions. We'll catch you next time, Insiders, with more Disney Movie Magic.